What's good, y'all? This is the New School Podcast. We're your hosts, Corey and Curtis. Yeah. And this week, before we get started, Curtis, you want to tell the people where they can find us? Hey, man. Thank you guys for listening and keeping up with us. If you want to continue to support, you can find us at the NS Podcast on IG and at the NS Pod on Twitter. All the info will be down below in the show notes. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe because we are on YouTube. Look up the New School Podcast or TNS Podcast. Either or, we will pop up in the search feed. We have about 10 videos up right now, so like, comment, share, do all that good stuff. We would really appreciate that. And give us feedback. Also, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, five stars on iTunes. Helps us in the algorithm. Spotify, Stitcher, all that, so, yeah. I really hear uh, iTunes is the big one, bro. Yeah, iTunes <laughs> is the big one. Spotify recently has grown a lot, so I would say if there's two that you need to help us out with, well, three, is YouTube. Give us likes, comments, anything. Subscribe to our channel. Share it, bro. If you like some shit, share it. That's For the sure. best way to help. Um, iTunes, just give us a five-star review. Subscribe. And Spotify, because that's a growing one. It's a growing platform. Yeah. So. so, yeah, those are the big things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's get into the show. All right. So, um, this week, I have no idea what's going on. I just walked in, and Curse has a whole list of things that we're going to talk about. So, I'm going to let you take the reins. Yeah. This week, I feel like I did a better job of putting together a list. Because typically, about 45 minutes to an hour before the show, I scramble. <laughs> I ask a bunch of people what the, what happened this week. And we kind of just go off the cuff. But this week, as things happen, I put them down in the show notes. So hopefully, we could have a more, I guess, impactful list or whatever. But this is one that's more pertaining to me. And just keeping up with what happened. Listen, man, I got my underwear in the middle. <laughs> Bro, that MeUndies package came in. I got my MeUndies package. I tried to find the actual package that it came in because I live in an apartment complex. So when you, you know what I'm saying, certain things can't fit inside your little mailbox or whatever. So they drop it off at a locker that they have inside the office, which the people have to then find for you and hand it to you, <laughs> right? There's certain things that I feel like should be a little discreet when it's come packaged, right? Yeah. Sex toys. Mm-hmm. Like undergarments. <laughs> yeah. Like, certain things should be under wraps. There's no need to brand it, but, dog, me undies? They don't care. It comes in a package, and it's all around branded, me undies, all across, talking about you're, you'll never feel underwear better. Hey, I mean, if you really think about it, it's not shocking. It's not. When I when I hear um, advertisements on podcasts and whatever about me undies, it seems like the type of company that would put me undies all over their shit. So. Now, granted, we're grown. What age yeah. are we, yo? I mean, we're grown. We're grown, yeah. It doesn't matter the age. Yeah. Once you pass a certain age, yo, You're this, grown. what's understood doesn't need to be explained. Exactly. I needed new underwear. Mm-hmm. Th- th- that's all it is, bro. Now, I upgraded quality of now life. Now, I will say, me personally, when I hear me undies, I already know where it's from. I know what to think about it. Right. But if you said, I think when you told me it was a woman that had given you the package, right? Yeah. If a grown woman sees a package from me undies and she sees a grown man coming to pick it up, she doesn't know what me undies is. That's fine. There's some judgment that's going to be passed, and I think it's fair. But if she wants to ask questions, I would have told her, yo, it's this dope underwear company that's, oh, I didn't even get to try it, so I couldn't even sell this shit. But like, <laughs> bro, I'm wearing these shits now, bro. Son, my regular pants feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I can't explain, like, it's worth the money. Yeah. Twenty dollars? It's worth the money. I will. I will buy. I would honestly buy another pack, just so I could wear these all week long. Hmm. Seriously. I mean, I have heard testimonies from all these different podcasters, and they all say the same thing. They all say it's It's the best pair of underwears that they ever put on. So. Hundred percent. And then they got the onesies and all this other shit. So it's like. And they got look. They got briefs. I'm a briefs guy. Me too. 
They got boxers. Mm-hmm. They got straight up like the tidy whities in different colors. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be actually white. What else do they have? What kind of underwear? I think they have the um the athletic compression, actual compression shorts on there. I'm not See, sure. I need some of those. They got socks. They got uh, onesies. They got pajama pants, pajama shirts. Bro. So all quality They're dominating the game. <laughs> and I'm telling you, yo, the more people who put this shit on, it's hard to go backwards. Yeah. This is better than any other pair of underwear I ever put on. Huh? By far. I don't know if it's enough to get me to invest in a pair, but... It makes Tommy Hilfiger feel like Hanes hmm. once did. When to- I put on Tommy... So you can't go back? No. I mean, you have to, because you don't got enough of me on these draws, but... Yeah. It, you're not going to be happy about it. I mean, but the Tommy is still good, though. Yeah, but it's just not me undies. It's not this. No, okay. no, no, no. Not well, for some of y'all, well, I guess most of y'all that are probably hearing this I and mean, have no idea... Check. <laughs> Cut me a check. A lot of y'all are probably listening to this and have no idea what we're talking about. Go back, listen to our last episode um, where we talked about how men should invest in their draws. You know, you need a good pair of draws. You need a set of draws that, you know, they're going to be quality. You're not going to have issues with chafing, no yeah. bunching, no nothing. The same way women invest in their draws, they invest in good bras, good panties. We need good draws. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. There's something. There's a bug. I think on the table where like a piece of lint, and it just caught my eye. So uh, happens. Um, moving forward, we have the Democratic debate that's going on tonight. Don't really care so much about the debate. My guy's not in there. Andrew Yang ain't make it. Oh, he ain't make it. He ain't make it. I thought he really ramped it up in the. He did, but I guess he didn't have enough polling numbers in certain areas to. I don't know. Who knows? He didn't make it. People are upset about it. Cool, whatever. It happens. Mm -hmm. But what I am. not upset about. Yeah, nigga, I'm hot too. Uh, what I am not upset about but concerned about, <laughs> bro, is the, the current candidates that are left. Mm-hmm. Right? So we know Trump is coming on the other end. Yeah. He's a strong force. He's a force in nature. Yeah. We have Joe Biden, mm-hmm. old and creepy. <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. This is how people look at him. Bernie Sanders. What people are we talking about? Because we keep having these conversations. Everybody keeps talking about Joe Biden is old and creepy. But... To older people, yeah. they don't care. I'm talking about the people that they need to like incentivize to get out and vote. They're not gonna go vote for Joe Biden. For example, you. I'll go out and vote for Joe Biden if it, if it comes to that. But I'm saying like it, if if worse came to worse, like I don't think that you're like rushing to the polls to be like, oh, I'm ready. To, I can't wait to vote. Like you have to convince somebody to be like, all right. You're still going to be like, I'm going to vote for the right guy. You're not like an automatic Democrat. I'm going to be real. I think that most Democrats probably understand that most kids our age probably are falling in a certain demographic or they, they're they thinking a certain way. They want a specific candidate. And if they don't get their candidate, they're probably unlikely to go and go out That's to vote. That's what I'm saying. Those are the people that you need to convince but them. But if, if you're not even convinced that they're actually going to show up, no matter what, because like if somebody really believes in Bernie and then Bernie doesn't get in, we've seen it in the last election if they don't get in and then now it's just like oh well that was my guy i don't want to vote for anybody else i'm not going to settle you even said that what? you said you don't want to settle just oh, because yeah. you had to. last election i voted for hillary clinton uh it was the biggest mistake i ever made in my life <laughs> i will never ever in my life vote like that again vote strictly due to party ties i will never in my life and i suggest nobody ever votes strictly because of your party tie. Do not do that shit. Vote on your own sure. Mayor, bro. I mean, that's your prerogative, but... Not about prerogative, bro. If you if you have your own brain, use it. Don't sure. think like everybody else. Sure. But you can also think that you want to strategize to the best option possible. 
So no. if you believe that Hillary Clinton is the best option possible, I then you should vote for her over Donald Trump. No. So what? Do what then? Just don't, don't vote? vote. All right, I mean. Don't vote. That's I'm, your, I'm recommending that's your a don't vote. That's your style. If you if you do not like either candidate, you don't agree with either of what uh, what they're going to do, don't put your name in the pot, yo. Yeah, I mean, you're entitled to that option. But I think that everybody that can vote should be able to vote. I mean, should go out and vote. Just because we have people who fought and died for this shit. We have people who currently want to vote. But... Oh, man. Are you done off your soapbox? No, nah, but there's people that actually want to vote, but they can't vote. And then you just not using it because you want, yes. because you're being stubborn about it's it? It's not being stubborn. It's you have an option to make a choice based on what you're voting for. What was Hillary Clinton going to do for you? I mean, do I you don't know. know. I'm not you sure. You have no idea. But do we? Think That's that, my problem. But do we think that she would have been better in office rather than do Donald Trump? Do we think Trump? that she would have been worse know. than Donald Trump? I don't know. I don't think that it. I don't think that she would have been worse. I don't think that. There you go. I don't think that either of them are going to be destroying the whole country, even though right now things are in turmoil a little bit. But you know, I don't think that it's that bad. Um, it's not that bad, man. But it's just like, yo, if you don't rock with somebody, do not vote for them. The same thing in the. In, uh, in the primaries, whichever person you're going to vote for, vote for the person you want. Don't vote for the person you think is going to... I think the primaries win, are where, that, where you're supposed to do that, though. What? You're supposed to vote for, like, who no, your guy is. You're supposed to vote is. for who you want in the entire process, or, yeah. Or girl. Huh? It's 2020. Guy or girl. Yeah, Bernie Sanders seems to disagree with that statement. <laughs> vote for who you want through the entire process, bro. Sure. I mean... You know what I'm saying? I would have chosen 2016 going back for me, honest to God, not to vote. But that's my opinion. Should you vote? Yes. It just so happened that 2016 was a particularly bad election. Two terrible candidates. I felt terrible voting. I felt terrible afterwards. And I felt even worse when, my, <laughs> when the person I voted for <laughs> lost. And I was like, damn, I ain't even really rock with this person to begin with. Huh. That I mean, shit blows to be on the losing team and you ain't even want to be there. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But the debate is tonight. Who else was it? It was Joe Biden. Who Joe Biden was saying is old and creepy. Old and creepy. Um, Amy Klobuchar. Is she still on there? She's still in there. How did she get in there with not Yang? Uh, people rock with Klobuchar. Bro. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Warren doesn't even know her race. Um, Bernie Sanders fresh off a heart attack. Um, did Tulsi Gabbard get in? Tulsi Gabbard is in. Okay. I'm cool. I like Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. I don't have any funny jokes. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen enough of her. And, May, and, and Mayor Pete, the gay white man. That's funny enough. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because how are you in the Democratic Party that is, that is strictly dominated by you have to hold the um, minority vote? Mm-hmm. Let's narrow it even further. You have to get the black vote. Okay. The black community is not ready for a gay president, bro. I mean, I agree with you. Like, black as community much, is not ready for a gay president. As much as we say progress has been made, I don't believe that the black community as a whole is going to vote for a gay president. Hey, you, could, you could fill me up real quick. Listen, man. Oh, for real? Seriously. It's crazy. You have to press the button on top. Yeah, we're doing this right outside my kitchen. You know what I'm saying? It is super ghetto, but it is what it is. But as you were saying, not nah, straight, not too much, not too much. Don't do them. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um. I mean, black, I don't know. Black community's not ready for a gay president. They're not. But uh, we'll see how it goes. There's, I mean, Buddha Judge is winning. Done. He's not winning. I I literally thought about it today. I was like, black people aren't gonna vote for a gay guy. Yeah. I mean, There's no shot. Black men. Black men aren't voting for a gay president. 
As sad as that is to say, black men are voting for a gay president. I don't think black women are that far behind you. <laughs> you don't think that they're as progressive as they say? No. Mm. No. Nah. We'll see. The black community in general has is they're just we're not there. And I'm a part of this community. I I, I can I can see the progress that's made and just as a community, listen, I still play the pause game. Alright? <laughs> it's I'm not proud of it. It's some it's just Bro, I just don't think that we're there, all the way there yet. I, I don't think, for example, man, you know what I'm saying? A lot of comedians have said this too. A lot of the trans rights, a lot of the LGBTQ rights people right now tend to be on the whiter skin side of things. I don't see as many black people who are like, yo, go LGBTQ. Because I just don't know if our community is open to like to the fact that like, they're coming out to their family. Honestly, like I have no idea. I feel like I'm not connected enough into those circles to really find out. So I can't say definitively, like, yeah, like we're not on that side. It's not definitive. First of all, nothing's definitive. I'm always shooting the shit. This is just me talking shit. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah, no. Nah. If I had to take a good guess, yeah, no, nah, we're not there yet. I mean, I don't know. But we will see. I don't think Pete Buttigieg is going to make it anyway. Um, I, I don't think. Tulsi Gabbard's going to make it. It's really going to come down to Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. Most likely, Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden are the front runners at this point. So, from there, I don't know. I don't really know where people are going to go with this. Like, I don't know how the American people really feel about Joe Biden. I'm just saying, yo. When you say the name Joe Biden, excuse me, <laughs> Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, maybe Elizabeth Warren, maybe not Elizabeth Do you When you say the name Joe Biden, does that excite does that excite you to, oh, yes, Joe Biden's going to be... I mean, honestly, when you ask me, Joe Biden is probably last on that list of people that I, I actually want to vote for. Because I, I just see him... It, there's too much ammo. Like, Trump's got way too much ammo for Biden. I yep. feel like Judge, even Judge, he's a white male, so he has that against him, yeah. but he's gay. So then he's got a little bit of pull. Like, yeah. it, you got to take it easy on him. Trump really can't go that hard on him. You know, so... I think that everybody has a lane except for Joe Biden. He's just an old white man. And our party, the Democratic Party, just doesn't doing, seem to accept that. That was doing some creepy shit. Yeah, and that too. All yeah. right. And look, I can never take that that image away from Joe Biden now. You've met Joe Biden. You shook his I hand. I did. I shook the man's hand. You ain't getting no bad vibes, no no creep vibes. <laughs> hey, man, I was just trying I'm to get up out the, of there, I'm not going to put the person out like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. The Demo- I, I'm going to watch the debate tonight. My guy's not on there. I'm a Yang guy. They texted me today talking about, do I have Bernie Sanders support? Because <laughs> I was big Bernie in 2016, right? And I told them, like, nah, it's Yang gang on this side, bro. <laughs> but yeah. Bernie's a, Bernie's my second guy, but it's Yang gang. I just think Bernie's so too old, bro. So if you bro. don't get Bernie, then do you drop down to Elizabeth Warren? Huh? Like, would you vote for Elizabeth Warren? Who's paying for my college education? <laughs> Look, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing this. Who's paying for my... Seriously. You think that... You think Elizabeth Warren's going to get it done? To pay for my college education? Yeah. I think she might get it reduced. And that's enough. Reduction is nice. That's enough. I got to go back to school this year or next year. So, therefore, if they make college free <laughs> in the future, that benefits me, too. Who is getting my school for free? All right? That's where my loyalty lies right now. Because right now, it's looking bleak. <laughs> it's looking bleak. Yeah. Well, that's our thoughts on the Democratic debate. We'll probably have more to talk about next week after it already happens, but yeah. um, if we even think to talk about it at that point. 
But moving on from there, I guess we can get into some music. Uh, do you want to start with the Mick Jenkins album, or you want to go into the Drake and Future? Uh, not much to say about the Mick Jenkins album uh, besides to go listen to it. I thought it was just a, it's a solid project. He dropped the video on a. I didn't see the video yet. His carefree single, that was pretty dope. Yeah. And I you mean, know, it's just good. It's just good music to listen to. Yeah, it's know? Mick Jenkins. Yeah. I like Mick Jenkins. The one thing that I do have to say about this it, that this situation is, how does he drop an album? And I feel like nobody's talked about it. It didn't get picked up by many blogs, at least not like posting it on Twitter and shit like that. In today's day and age where Apple Music and all these streaming platforms, the new music gets pushed. Mick Jenkins, even after you sent me his album, that's what let me know that the album actually came out. Yeah. After you sent it to me, I was like, ain't no way I just missed Mick Jenkins' album. No, yeah. I went and looked. And I couldn't find the album anywhere. Which tells me that people are paying for this push. Like, it has to, it has well, to be yeah, absolutely. If not paying for it, there's connections that are involved and whatnot. Yeah. Whether your agent knows the right people. But then it, it brings me to this point of like, in today's day and age, how is Mick Jenkins not making those connections? How is he not getting around the right people where he can get a push of some sort? I'm not even talking about he has to be on the front page of Apple Apple Music. I'm not saying he has to be on the trending. He doesn't have to be at the top of the hip-hop boards. Just be on the boards of the new albums that are dropping. And I did not see his album yeah, anywhere. It wasn't even on the new albums list. Yeah, so. Even if you go to R&B, I mean to hip-hop. Yeah. It I, wasn't there. I, I was just shocked by that. I mean. So I don't know what's the deal with that. Stop uh, shadow banning Mick Jenkins music. <laughs> Start the hashtag, but... Yeah, no, good music, man. Yeah. Uh, solid project, seven songs, not too long, bar. Uh, check it out, man. It's, you know, overall solid. But let's get into the more hotter topic well, in music. I, I did want to ask you, do you still get excited about new Mick Jenkins albums or new Mick Jenkins music? No. Because I just feel like certain artists, guys like Mick Jenkins, where they have their, their style and it's solidified and they don't really steer away yeah. from it, it's almost as if... You're always going to please your fan base, but then somebody like me, which, hey, I might be a little hard to please. I'm not your average consumer, but, eh, your average consumer, that's funny. <laughs> um, I, but, like, I'm not the everyday person who's listening to music. Yeah. But, when I open up a project from Mick Jenkins, it's like, oh, this sounds just like the last one. So then, I find myself in a situation you know where, I'm at where with it? it's like when, um, what's his name, Black Thought drops an album or something. Yeah. It's the same level of like, yeah, well, I know this is going to be good. Might as well just go ahead and let, like, I couldn't name a Black Thought album. What Black Thought would have to do to become the best album of the year to me would have to be like astronomical. Because yeah. I already know baseline, it's like the Spurs. You're going to play really well. Yeah. I know you're going to play really well. But it's like, it's there's no differentiation. It's like you come in the same way every game. At the very best, it's going to be a sleeper project, but it's never going to be an album of the year type Can't of be. thing. It's never going to be so great that it blows you away. So then I find myself looking at it like, do I want to listen to this again? I listened to it one time, and I only listened to this once, so I can't really give an in-depth breakdown of what I think about I gave the it album. Two listens. But after my first listen, I was like, it sounds so much like every other Mick Jenkins project that I've listened to. Do I have to go back to this one? Should I go back to the last or the one before that? Like, I don't know where I fall because it's not often that I want to sit down and listen to Mick Jenkins albums. I don't think that doesn't come to mind very often. Right. So then when it does come to mind, when I do scroll through it, like, which one do you choose? You're not going to go through his whole discography because all of it sounds so similar. Then you're just like, all right, then you really only need one Mick Jenkins album. Right. It's like, it's like one big playlist. You yeah. Know? It's like, I don't know. 
the thematical, I'm sure there's a thematical side to every project that he actually has an idea. I'm not going to lie. I don't catch, I don't catch as many bars as I think some other people do. Yeah, like for on sure. listening to it. I really just prefer to listen to like your rhyme style, your scheme, your cadence. You know what I'm saying? How does this sound? Overall, does yeah. it sound like something I'd like to listen to? And you know, if I keep listening to it over and over again, obviously I'm going to catch on to the bars. Yeah. But there's some people off the first listen, they coming back. And they, they got they have, their pen and paper out and everything. Bro, they got, they got bars they're reciting and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm not that person. You know what I'm saying? But I used to be. I used to be the person that was really reading into what the person's saying. Like, every last bar I'm holding on to. And then after a while, I started getting older. I spend less time listening to music. Back in the day when I was just fresh out of high school, I'd probably listen to an album when it first came out four or five times yeah. on that first weekend. And now... Mick Jenkins, this got one listen. <laughs> I think these rappers need to do, uh, they need to like show basically why they're writing the lyrics that they're writing. Because I have had my opinion changed on certain music because of like what it was written for. For example, um, the first time Kendrick performed that, uh, The King's Dead, the last verse in King's Dead, mm-hmm. that red light, green light, yeah. I was sitting there like, I don't know, bro. This shit's kind of <laughs> whack, dog. I'm not going to lie. This shit sounds kind of whack. And then after Black Panther came out, after I re-listened to it on the album, got the context behind it, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, this is Killmonger song. Mm-hmm. Makes, a li- makes a bit more sense, more sense. You know what I'm saying? In the moment, I was like, I don't know if this is it. He was up there beating the drums with the with the African lady and mm-hmm. shit, and they were dancing. I was like, this kind of yeah. mid, bro. Like... I mean, this kind of brings me to something I was looking into because, like I said before, I'm, I've been getting into, like, um, photo and video and stuff. And I was watching this dude. He was talking about music videos in today's day and age and how, at one point, every music video looked, sounded, like, everything sounded the same. So then all the videos looked the same. And everybody yeah. was, like, it was so cookie cutter that it almost didn't matter that you were doing a music video. And everybody was doing, like, the Mac Miller style, oh, I'm just going to get a Canon 6D and just shoot myself just right, walking right. around wherever I'm going or whatever. And then that was good enough for a music video. But now, I think that somebody like Mick Jenkins, I haven't seen his music video. No, it was good. I think that that adds the context. Like, yeah. if you're going to be the type of person that your bars and everything about your music has a theme, has a reasoning behind it, and you can really go in-depth, I think that um, shows and music videos can really bring that stuff out because then people get a chance to, like... You get to visualize what the person was talking about and maybe things that you just didn't pick up on in that moment. It just opens up that door and then you can you can start diving down that rabbit That's hole. That's a fact. Yeah. So That's a fact. I'm with you on that one. But um, speaking on somebody who did drop a music video, I don't even know if the music video kind of made sense for this song. I still haven't seen it yet. Really? Yeah, I still didn't watch it. Well, Drake and Future dropped the single called Life is Good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did drop a video for it as well. Uh... I saw a clip, so. Okay, let me see where I want to start. How did you feel about the song to begin with? Um, I don't personally like songs that start off with one beat and then it switches completely midway yeah. through, especially when it's a collab and you get one person on one beat and then it switches completely different and you get the other person. So it's like, y'all could have just made two separate songs. Right. And then especially, I almost felt like the beat that Future was on, Drake fit, probably would have fit better. And then the beat that Drake was on, Future would have fit better on. So I think Future did better in general off of whatever beat that they were on. But I think that Drake could have bodied that one and then Future could have bodied the opposite. 
which leads well, okay, that leads us to an idea that I, you know what I'm saying we had in the party, whatever. But I felt I like the track. It's grown on me. It's I solid. thought initially off first listen, I was like, yo, future washed Drake. But as Drake songs typically do, it grew on me. Yeah. It always does. And it's it's always the hook. I think like he's just mastered the hook. Yeah. I and mean, that's really the case of it, yo. I, I really like the hook on his track. Thought it was fun. But nah, Future still got him. Yeah, I think Future got him on this Future one. Future got him. And not only that, Future had a longer song. It was like Maybe two minutes to yeah. his minute and a half or so, which is okay. Um, has more quotables, you know. I've been running around saying this one part about uh, I forgot what it was. Talk, him talking about he put a hundred thousand on his pinky ring. And I'm, uh, I can't, I just can't fathom that kind of money. That shit is amazing <laughs> to me. But uh, life really is good. So uh, futures out there in Jamaica with with Lori Harvey right now, mm-hmm. boot up, <laughs> making tracks like this. They're making a bunch of money. Everybody went crazy, and. Was this an attempt to do what Travis Scott and Drake did with Sicko Mode? Mm, no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, you see the same format, but a lot of people have been doing that type of stuff. I wouldn't say it was a blatant attempt to try and recreate that formula, though. Um, I just think it didn't really work as well. You know, the so Travis he, Scott track just really Sicko meshed. Mode was the number one, but I think this yeah. is the number one song it, in pending. It could too. be like it definitely could be. But Sicko just Mode off was the like names, one of, probably one of the songs of the decade. Yeah, probably. I mean, more than likely. I, I couldn't. I couldn't argue that. Uh, two. Do we want to see another collab album from Future and Drake? Because you see, they have the chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake got the, I guess, FGG. I forgot what Future's label or brand is that he has. Free bands. Free band gang. Or, yeah, okay, FBG. There you go. Yeah. And I think he's rocking the OVO one or whatever. I'm not sure, but they're rocking like similar chains mm-hmm. or whatever. And from my perspective. Hot take. I didn't think the first one was that crazy. Uh, I mean, I like that album. Uh, I'm a fan of it just because we started to get to see a different side of Drake. Now, a lot of people might argue that that's not the style of Drake that they want. But for me, whenever I get to hear Drake actually rap and a little bit less singing, yeah. I'm cool with it. So I was cool with it, but I just don't think that it went as crazy as everyone is making it out to be. Mm. So it's like it wasn't like it was a classic. Watch I mean, the but Throne you had, was a classic. But you had some really big songs. Like Jumpman was a really big song. Jumpman was point. a big song, but like you still when's the last time you heard Jumpman? I mean, heard it. It's yeah. just it's one of those songs that it gets played out and then you're not gonna really go back to it anymore. But when when it was hot, it was playing everywhere. When I was, because that was me in college, when I would go out to the bars, when I would go out to clubs, Jumpman was playing constantly. Oh, no, 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 I'm sure I don't doubt it. Yeah. So but I'm just saying, I don't hear people talk about any of those tracks off those albums today. I mean, how many times do you hear anything off Watch the Throne? Watch the Throne? Yeah. The only thing that I can think of would be Otis, and that plays maybe every once in a while when they're talking been, about like. It's been gone longer, I feel like. It has, but. It still doesn't play very often. It doesn't, but like, I've listened to Watch the Throne again recently. I never went back and listened to. I go back. I, I listen to Dirt too. I mean, okay, I maybe I didn't rock with it like that. I would say that it was a solid project. If Watch the Throne is at the top of duo albums, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys have you old heads have another project <laughs> in the past that's better. But I'd say Watch the Throne is probably at peak of dual duo albums. I think. The Drake and Future was probably about a six or seven. Um, I, I don't know if I could say it's a peak of a duo album unless it depends what you're considering the duo. Like, are you considering the UGK and the um, 
outcasts of the world, like, do those nah. count? Or are you talking about talking just about two separate two artists separate that artists come together? Because then you get, like, the Bad Meets Evils of... Um, old head shit. <laughs> old head shit. I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's a toss-up to me. There's probably a lot of projects that are out there that are people coming together, and we probably never even listen to them. But. More than likely. But just to me, that's the that's the peak. From, Watch the from our recent memory, I would say that that's probably the best that's been done. Yeah, and I'd say that the Drake and Future is probably second best, and it doesn't come close. Yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that. In my opinion. So I'm just saying maybe, I, I, and especially from hearing this track right here, maybe they should not... Do I guess tracks like, together. I, I like Dirty Sprite too. I like that album. It's more of a future album than a Drake yeah. album though. But I enjoyed that sound because Dirty it forces Sprite. Nah, it's not Dirty Sprite. That's not, not the name. What is it? Um I can't remember, yo. I really can't remember off the Damn. top of my head. Niggas is tired today, by the yeah, way. You know. We fresh out the gym. But I, I really can't remember the name off the top of my head, but Dirty Sprite Two was what future's biggest album, I'm pretty sure. Dirty Sprite. Look up Future Drake. Yes, too. Nah, that's the Future album, yeah. Just go to Future's album. Uh, it's What a Time. What a Time to Be Alive. Yeah. So, um, I rock with that album. Yeah, I stand by that. Solid project. I don't go back to it. I don't consider it a classic. I don't even consider it a classic from the past decade. Any arguments? I don't know. I I do like that album because when I think about my favorite Drake albums, I I obviously put um, "Take Care." I right. think that's his best album personally. That's me. That's but <laughs> after that, I that's think it's, up, yep. this is it takes a left turn. A lot of people probably don't agree with this. If you're reading this, it's too late. I'm a huge fan of that album. Wait, because that style—that's the one with Legend on it. Yeah, that style is great to me. Like, there's a lot more rapping on it. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> this is a hot take I mean I, I know that people Probably don't agree with this But I think that That's probably the best That we get of Drake rapping For the most part Throughout most of an album <laughs> Hey man It's all good That's that's just my know, take bro. So we that's got, why You this... got Take Care Nothing was the same You got um, What's the joint With the Tuscan leather yeah. with the, is That's that the... um Can't remember the name of the album I think that was Nothing was the same Huh? I think that was nothing was the same. No, nah, what what was the first one? Oh, so far gone. So far gone. You yeah. got those three projects alone, if and then you got this is too late. It's high for me. Woo! Yeah. Smoking crack. <laughs> hey man, I I know it's a hot take, but I truly believe that that is the best of him rapping and mixing in the melodic shit to to complement the rapping rather hey, than man. having half of it being. Singing half of it being rapping or something like that. Look, everyone respects a good hot take, bro. <laughs> but I don't know about this one right yeah. here. I really don't I, I know. I guarantee if you go back and read through that track list, and you'll see how many bangers are on that album. No, there's bangers. I know, like, Legends on there. Zero to One Hundred's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, What else you got? We can go this shit right now. Hold on. I'll pull nah, this he up. Got, he got a couple. He got a, a, couple, a couple tracks on there. Energy's right. on there. Legend, Energy, Ten Bands, Know Yourself, No Telling, Madonna, Six Gods, Star 67, which I didn't really fuck with. Preach, I didn't really fuck with either. West, Wednesday Night Interlude, whatever. Used to, cool. Six Man, Now and Forever, Company with Travis Scott, You and the Six, Jungle, and 6 p.m. in New York. The Jungle track, Legend. Um, the first three tracks, crazy. Yeah. Legend, I mean, uh, fuck, pull up the list, man. I, don't, I can't remember the names, but the one um, 
6 p.m. in New York Jungle. is hard. Jungle is hard. That was the cover of um, the her song. Yeah, well, I don't know who covered who, but who knows these days? Um, Company with Travis Scott is good. Yeah, <laughs> Six Man is good. Yeah, Six Man like Lou. <laughs> Come on, like nah, I, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. The first three tracks start off really strong though. I think I think when niggas was giving no us, telling, know yourself, know yourself is I like know but, yourself. Like I'm telling no you, telling, there's eh. a, but I'm telling you off the first listen, I'm telling you people definitely thought that Drake was gonna have a classic with that one. I I personally, no, I'm not gonna say it's a classic, I'm but about to slap you in the back. <laughs> it's definitely a very good album. I think that it beats most of his other albums and it aged better. I can go back and listen to the album today and it still works. Whereas some of his other music, I'm like, eh, I don't really care to go back. I don't think so. I mean, uh, the first one he did, So Far Gone. So Far Gone I don't think well. that one, I don't think it aged as well as people think. Like, I don't really? think the music sounds like, like Rick Ross music from 2008 sounds like it could be played today. Because it's just Rick Ross. Right. Like Rick Ross just stayed relevant making the same music. Drake's so 2008 music, I think that was 2008 when he came out with that project, doesn't sound like it could be played today and it'd be like, it still sounds new, it still sounds good, it doesn't. I think that you can listen to it and you just realize that the album was kind of revolutionary in the fact that this nigga really sang on the whole thing. Like, you have a rapper that was going and making... He made an R&B track with Trey Songs. Hey, man. Unsuccessful was a hit. <laughs> like, so, hey, I don't know. I like a good uh, hot take and all. But let's get back on topic. Do we? Do you want another collab out of Future and Drake? I'm, I'm here for all mu- new music. Like, if you're going to bring new music, especially from the top tier artists... We came from a year where it seemed like a drought of big artists putting out music. So if we're going to get a ton of new music, if we get a Drake album, a Drake and Future album, and then a Drake and whoever else album, I'm for it. I don't mind. That's what's up. Me personally, I'm going to be honest, I don't really... And then cut out some of the other shit. Like, don't give us a fucking Quavo album. Don't give us an Offset album. Quavo, that nigga's going to give us music whether you want it or not. The music's coming out every year. And then we're going to get a whole quality control album, a little Yachty album, like... Skip all those dudes and give me three straight albums of collabs and Drake by himself. And I'm cool. Um, that's what's up. They should not drop another collab. I think they should take the best parts of what they're doing. Maybe have a, a feature, a couple features together, but an entire project. And if if so, keep it shorter. Don't make a, a fully featured 20 song project. Maybe give us about seven songs. I think that the main Eight thing songs, that yeah. I hope that they do, it's not... They try and force it where every single song has to be both of them together, even if it's not fitting. So if Drake's got a really good song that just fits in the project, but not necessarily fits for Future, then throw it on there. Or it could have a feature with whoever else. And then if Future has a good song that's just by himself, let them put that on there. So that way, it's not 14 forced tracks of them two together getting one verse apiece. So then give us five, seven tracks of just like your, your best seven songs you guys came up with. If they told me that they were in the studio for a week, right? And they came up with a ton of music and they just put the... Seven s- tracks is too short, man. Seven tracks is too short? I think ten at least. No. On a collaborative album, we're talking no. about each person. If you're going to make ten songs, Leaving each person has to make good. one verse and it's a song. What you mean? You're asking people to make one verse per song and it's the, and it's an album basically. Ungrateful, bro. You're not okay with seven verses? <laughs> seven verses yeah. per person? Seven verses, nah, seven hooks. Nah, they could do better than that. They could do better than what I'm saying. And then you're gonna you're talking about because usually with collab songs, each person goes once. You don't get oh one person's gonna have two verses, the other person has no one, need. and then you get long songs. Bro. So we're gonna have two and a half minute songs for seven songs. 
That's not enough music. I enjoyed Life Is Good. Nah, man, that's not. If enough. they gave me, if they had dropped seven songs like Life Is Good, maybe keep them all on the similar beat. Like even as this has separated, I enjoyed it. If they had made the first track a full track, the future song a fully second track, and leave that as the intro, and then do five duo songs, I would be happy, yo. I don't, I don't, especially with them working on their own solo projects as well. I don't expect them. I don't want them to drop twenty songs. And you know what I'm saying? Let's say ten of them aren't good. I, I I don't care for that. I want them to drop songs where I just know they were having fun. They were having a good time. They put this music together because they thought it was good shit. They actually fit together and not trying to make a fully featured project. I guess I just know when I hear music from Drake and Future, I almost guarantee that I'm not gonna like. 30% of the songs. Like, just hate them. I'm not going to listen to them ever again. So if I get seven songs, we're talking about two to three songs off rip are just cut off the list. That's what I'm saying. That's why you got to hire me, though. <laughs> you going to a it? I would have done a better job than Braun with 2 chains. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Look, we can't put that blame on Braun. It's, it's not Braun's fault. <laughs> 2 chains hasn't had a good solo album I'm just ever. saying, Braun was put in a tough position. Has he? Has he had a solo album that was solid? Mm, what is it? Pretty Girls Love Trap Music? I don't know if that was a solid album. <laughs> I've always said that his his features are much better than his yeah, actual absolutely. songs by himself. But Braun is his first A and R though. <laughs> I'm just saying if Braun if that's his first job as an A and R, right? You put in a tough position where it's like, yo, I don't want my first project to be ass, but at the same time, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. You know what I'm saying? I just got into this business. Come on, Braun and A and R. Braun and A and R. Like this nigga just showed up in the in the studio. was like, hey. We could really just spin this marketing wise. I'll cut you a check. Cool. We they, out. They gave Braun a special chair, threw yeah. him a glass of wine. He was just sitting there listening to the album. You know, Braun likes anything that come out. He <laughs> like, really likes anything. For to be an A and R, like you really have to be involved in the music making pro- process and like how you're gonna sequence the album and stuff yeah. like that. Like Braun's not giving no input like that. <laughs> and then to drop the deluxe version. That never dropped. I tried not to talk about it because <laughs> that shit was just too funny. Yeah, but but um, moving forward, this is the last topic we have for music. Turns out we have kind of a shorter show than I thought. Uh, solid show. It's probably gonna turn out to be about an hour. Um, I have Kendrick Lamar's unfindable Grammys performance in 2016, and Which one was it? it was the one where he comes out and it was him and three guys behind him, and they were in shackles, and they were walking out slowly, and they were kind of doing this two step shit. As was he walks the, to the mic. Um, was that the All Pippa Right? Butterfly? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I was I was on the internet. For whatever reason, I was like, yo, I'm trying to find this performance. I look it up on YouTube. I'm trying to find this shit. I'm like, there's no way no one has a 2016 performance from the Grammys on YouTube. That shit is gone. Really? Off the face of, well, YouTube at least. I found it on the internet eventually, but like, I don't know what the deal is. I guess... Maybe it was too much. Uh, I mean, there's are there other Grammy performances? Have you looked that up? I didn't look up if there were more, but I like not even a phone. I'm just wondering because the Grammys only happens once a year, so like they could really spend the rest of the year just trying to shut down everybody that tries to put up their shit. I know, but like I, you would think something like that that would get so many views, you would want to like, oh, okay, let's let's post this. I stand by these. These shows are dropping the ball by not streaming this on YouTube. Yeah. By not putting up clips constantly. The BT Awards BT does did it. it this year, and it makes so much sense. Like, why would you have a show? People don't half the people that we know don't even have cable. No, and then that's who you really want to get people talking about it. My like, cable's up this month. <laughs> yeah, like 
when you're talking about people our age, you want us talking on Twitter about certain things. You want us to be involved, engaging, and whatnot. Yeah. If you put it on TV, the odds of us actually trying to go and find it and watch it, slim to none. We'll catch yeah. the clips. And somebody will post the clips. And it might Eventually. not be your channel. And that, you might as well just profit off the, off the clips, man. Yeah, so. And especially, and that leads me to the question of, after watching it, that might be the greatest performance I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you put me on the spot here. I don't know. Huh? I really don't know. Like I, to... I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'll name a couple for you that I know you've seen. Okay. You've seen that one, the Kendrick Lamar one. Mm-hmm. He starts off in shackles. Mm-hmm. He does all right. Or no, he it does, was a big moment. He does something off the Pippa Butterfly the first time, or maybe it was a uh, Black or the Berry. I can't remember. Then he jumps into all all right. He has the the African natives dancing behind the fire, literally burning on the stage. They parent to the white people. They're completely freaked out. <laughs> he comes back. He does the thing with the um, the flashing lights. I thought I was going to have a seizure. That's the one where he's he's like standing on top of the cop car and everything. No, no, no. That was the BET one. That was That's the BET Awards? All right. Bro, let's have a conversation about Kendrick Lamar's performances when he goes to an event. He really shows the fuck yeah. out. But I will say I caught him early. I saw him perform. When, oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I saw him perform when... This was probably my freshman year of college. He came to school. It's not him on tour or anything like that. So I think it was really like, oh, we're just going to go to this college and we're going to do whatever. Yeah. That shit was ass. Like, I'm Corey talking about. Been telling me this story of Kendrick Lamar's ass performance. I, I'm for talking years. about that was the worst performance. I've watched YouTube videos of performances. I've been to concerts before. That is by far the worst performance nah, I had ever seen. I don't care how bad that shit is. I gotta show you this Summer Walker performance. I guarantee you that. I mean, it. I have been hearing about Summer Walker and oh, how bad, bad she is. And I understand. I, I watched a couple interviews and like I could tell she ain't faking the funk, bro. That's real anxiety she got. Or something's not right. I don't know right. if it's anxiety if she's just not a people person. Whatever like, it is, bro. But like, I'm telling you, like... And there's definitely some validity to... Uh, validity to the idea that she can't have social anxiety if you're a stripper. Like, it just doesn't make sense to Social me. anxiety with being a stripper? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, tough. That's, it, it's just a weird concept to me that you don't like being around people, but you did something where you have to constantly interact with people. You're showing yourself in your most vulnerable state. But maybe she's she's okay with her body more so than... And who than knows? Talking? She could have been... In the awful stripper when it came to like seducing yeah, I mean. people, like you never know. She's an extremely attractive person, banging body. Honestly, no I've disrespect. never really, I've never really taken a good look at it. Oh no, nah, she looks good. You know what I'm saying? I can stand by it. Okay, I know you got a girl. You can't talk. No, nah, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lie if I had but seen like, it. I've never actually gotten a good look. And at And when it. I listened to one of her interviews, she pointed out the fact that like she truly enjoys polling, like pole dancing, mm-hmm. and she said she wants to get a pole in her house because she just. She feels like it's a good workout. She enjoys it. It's like liberating to her. Okay, cool. But I'm saying the seduction part of being a stripper, like being friendly and actually trying to seduce men to giving them money, I feel like she didn't do that well. But I feel like if she was a terrible stripper, we would have heard it by now. Mm-hmm. With everything going on, with people talking about, oh, she was a stripper and whatnot, somebody would have said, yo, I've seen it. She's a terrible stripper. But at the same time, it's like, have you heard any good things about Summer work Walker as a stripper? Fair enough. I haven't. I'm just saying, maybe she was, you know what I'm saying? She was a specialist. (laughs) Crazy pole dancer, yo. Crazy. Like, niggas was going crazy. I can't argue that. But, uh. So, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. What other performances were there? Yeah, Bruno Mars at the AMAs, yo. That's a top tier performance. That was a phenomenal. I don't know if I can give Kendrick Lamar the. (laughs) You still worry about that, Roach? Yeah, man. (laughs) I don't know if I can give Kendrick Lamar the. 
the top spot over that Bruno Mars performance. That that was phenomenal. Nah, man. I, this is the best performance I think I have ever seen. Now, obviously, we're talking about modern era. We're not talking about the Michael Jacksons of the right, world. Right, we're not talking right. about Prince. And yarn, all yarn, yarn. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking, talking about, about current recently. artists. What I've actually been able to see. I can go back and watch the Michael Jacksons, the Princes, but it won't have the same impact as yeah. on me as it will on people who are living through that time. What about, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Beyonce Coachella. I watched the I watched the documentary. Yeah. That was big time, yo. She kind of went nuts. <laughs> that was big time. That and the But um, the thing is, like, the that, was, that was a crafted two-hour. Which you think it's not crafted when... And Kendrick Lamar goes It is, there. but I'm saying for that six-minute performance to be. So then I raise you a Beyonce at the halftime show. Which, what is that? The one where she with was. With her and Bruno Mars. Was it with Bruno Mars? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. But I know that it was her, and then they were talking about her, like, because she dressed like the Black Panthers. And then people were up in arms about that. Yeah, shit. yeah, that was that was with Bruno Mars. I remember that. It's funny. I don't even really remember like really peeping all that. Y'all was focusing on the wrong thing. Absolutely. Bro. Beyonce got all nah, the assets that was, out. Bro. That was absolutely the theme. But well, no, it was the theme. But I'm just saying, Beyonce and her dancers got all the assets out. And y'all <laughs> here focused on the Black Panther theme. I think y'all doing too much. Um, I apologize. It's hot. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> hot, man. I might be sweating a little bit as well. But um. Yeah, it is what it is. But that country performance, the fact that they had to take it off the internet tells me more than enough that I had to know. That was an impactful performance. Um, it was at a big moment. Thematically, like, I think he did a really good job with that. I've never seen anyone like anyone do that. He had a jail cell set up, and he had the, the fucking performance playing the instruments inside jail cells. Separate jail cells, him walking out with the shackles. He really sold the, the entire look of it. I thought it was a great performance, yo. Yeah. I really did. And I remember watching it live at the Grammys. I don't know why I watched the Grammys. I never watch award shows. But that year, I guess it was maybe because Kendrick Lamar was performing. When I saw that performance, I was like, okay. That was that was big time, bro. Yeah. That was big time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, he has, from when I've seen him to now, he definitely stepped up his his performances. And he, like I said, from when I've seen him. <laughs> Hey man, I can't let that go. You and Kendrick Lamar at some point are gonna have to have a sit down. Yeah, we're gonna shit. have to hash that shit out. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, yo, that one year when you came to UCF, speaking of this was a problem. Just yeah, saying, I know, need you to do better. I need you to teach all of TDE those that are coming up never to do some shit like that. Yeah, and get Summer Walker off stage while you're right, come on. Man. She doesn't. Even, I don't think she's performing again. Nah, she still is. She performs. I know she canceled a tour. She canceled part of it. There were a couple of shows that she left. Um, I think. A big part of it was that she had to do like meet and greets and stuff like that, yeah. and she wasn't really fucking with that. So, I think that they stopped doing those as much. And you know, the thing is, the thing is, I, I really can't get off this some walker topic because I, after I watched it, it was just so intriguing to me. It's like it's such a, a tough situation for her off the fact that like she is this a, like very attractive person. So they're obviously whoever is running her like as a label is trying to sell like that the sexual portion yeah. of her. Meanwhile, she is super talented, just like vocally. Mm. She could just honestly sing. So I wish that if she had taken like a her approach or like a Sia approach, I think you would have gotten a lot more. I don't think she pops the way that she does, though. Yeah. To be honest, like it's the same thing with Ari Lennox. Like their personalities and who they are in their music, they have to have that character that goes along with them because yeah. that's what really sells their brand. Right. So 
I mean, we're seeing it now with Ari Lennox, too. Like, she's having issues with handling how people are reacting to her and whatnot. She doesn't really handle the fame very well. So the limelight's not for everybody. It's, yeah. it's really not. Or just the limelight in this intensely. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they have to take a page from the book of the guys like Kendrick Lamar, the guys like Cole, especially Ari Lennox with Cole. Like, you being around, you should know that there's a way that... No need Take to show your face out of this time. shit. But she's also a much newer artist than Cole. Right. Though. They're trying to capitalize on their moment. Absolutely. But if it's... I think at this point, Ari Lennox is hurting her brand. Because every time she talks, I'm just like, oh my God. Why? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. What? I don't like Ari Lennox music. It's okay. I mean, I definitely don't think that it's made for us to listen I to. Find it, I find her voice annoying, though. I find her voice annoying. And I'm not going to lie, the personality that attaches behind it... I don't find appealing as well. I forgot to tell you to put this on the list, but I definitely wanted to get to this exact topic. Go ahead. What? Just people's personalities, like Ari Lennox's personality coming yeah, out. Yeah, Ari Lennox's personality, just off what I've seen, and I could be very wrong, you know what I'm saying? But just off what I've seen, it does not make me want to listen to her music anymore. Off the, the when the project, whatever, Shea Butter Baby came mm-hmm. out, big project. A lot of people were promoting it, you know what I'm saying? There's definitely some, some good music on there. Right, there's good music on there. But just off the person, I do not find myself wanting to go back. She's not alluring me. Like it doesn't even have to be sexually. Like intellectually, nothing. Like nothing about her is like being like, yo, you should go back to that. Because there are plenty of artists who I'm like, yo, I support you just because I I rock with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I rock with anything that you're doing because I like you as a person. You have to have that in you. I don't think Ari Lennox does that for me. I was just really thinking about the fact that. There's really not one person in music or in general just who's an entertainer of any kind. There's not one person that I would say it sways me in the right direction when I know their personality and I like their personality. Like, for the most part, when I see people's personalities, it's almost always negative. It always makes me think, I probably don't want to listen to this person. I don't care about this person. Usually, the people that their personalities, it's either like it stays neutral or it goes down. It's like the music was good, and then your personality matches the fact that I see you being the type of person that made that kind of music. But it never goes like you made ass music, but then I listen to you talk on an interview or anything. It's like "Eh." the product can't be ass. Okay, you made an average. You made average music. Your personality's here. It really bumped you up, and it's like I'm gonna listen to it. For example, Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper's personality started with music. It did, but Chance the Rapper's personality is is more marketable and sellable above his music. Is Chance really? the Rapper as a person has a brighter future to me, especially after that last album, than his music does. <laughs> like, um, beyond his music, I just rock with Chance the Rapper. I don't think his last album was good, but if he drops something else, I will support it. Just because I like Chance the Rapper. When is... What else outside of his music do you latch on to? Like... What's the interview that you heard where he was talking that made you believe, like, oh, I really like this guy what as a mean? person? Like, what makes you think that you like Chance the Rapper as a person other what than his music? What does he do outside of music? Exactly. But that's what I'm so, saying. As a person, I'm saying if he does things out of music, for example, I watch Rhythm and Flow. I didn't watch it strictly for Chance the Rapper, but Chance the Rapper up there, you know what I'm saying? Some niggas was giving him flack. They said he was a little bit too harsh or whatever. But I rock with Chance, so it's like I res- I give him a pass for that type of opinion. Sure, that he has. but you give him a pass because you like the music and you liked his no, music. No, I don't before. like his last album. That shit was ass. No, but you liked him from his music originally, so now he gets a pass when he does other shit, and that's usually how it goes. Like 
you do well in something, and then it's like you have the avenue right. to go and open doors in different fields. But people will give you a pass because Mac it's like you're Chance the Rapper. But Mac Miller, Mac Miller is one of those few people that like his personality really outshined his music. Sometimes. Anderson Pack. Nah, I think it's the music. It's the he's music. Just that is, talented. The music is fantastic, but it's the energy that he that he gives off from the music when he's performing, when he's talking. Everything about Anderson Pack, people generally seem to like. He's a likable person. Like sure. some people have I think it's that it factor that people talk about. But if Anderson Pack never spoke, if he never did an interview, if he didn't dance on stage while he was while he was playing music, his music, music if he didn't play the drums, do you still think that he would be as successful? Music Probably. Wouldn't, music wouldn't be as enjoyable. Mm. I don't think you would have that call. Tyler the Creator. People, he has a cult following because there is a group of people who act the way that he acts, like what he likes, move how he moves, and he's created a whole subset of people. And what that do you call those we people? We can't. Crazy. Sheep. Oh, well, I guess. Um, I don't like know. They're just a bunch of followers. But hey, he got them. And so, look, that's cool. I'm just saying that for the most part, I think the average person, when you talk in interviews, maybe if something happens, like if you're. Who has something real bad happen to them? Kanye West. All right. Nah, Kanye West didn't make a good case for himself. If you're Kevin Hart. Okay. And you cheat on your wife. You doing an interview, it kind of, it humanizes you. It kind of covers up the mistakes that you've made. But it doesn't necessarily make you a bigger star because you're a likable person in a in an interview. I think Kevin Hart would be Kevin Hart regardless just off the talent he has going right. into comedy when he's when he's in movies like people like that some people don't need to be humanized though yeah for example the rock the rock doesn't we don't need to hear him do interviews because as a person we look at him as larger than life yeah it's better that he's so unattainable to hear any of his thoughts his opinions or right. anything like that cuz i he's think just if you started star. hearing him people he might like him. not like him exactly. as much Whatever, whichever thing, way that it goes. It's almost the same thing with Cole and Kendrick where, like, the mystique of them never being around, them never putting out music, it's only, like, you never get a press run, you never hear anything about it. It's, like, random, oh, I'm dropping an album next week or something like that. That mystique, it really, it helps them, I feel like. Right. And there's, I mean, that's kind of the old way of doing things, but a lot of these younger artists or the people that are newer, they can't really do that. They need to promote their shit. They don't have the opportunity to just say... Oh, I'm not gonna let anybody know that I'm dropping an album, or else you end up like Mick Jenkins, and <laughs> nobody knows your shit came out. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know. I think the total package. I think before earlier you can get away with it, but today is you have to package yourself as a total person. You have to sell your personality. You have to sell your music. You have to sell your performance. You have to sell everything. Like you can't. You. I don't think you could be Kendrick moving forward. I don't think you can just get away with that anymore. I think you can be Kendrick at a certain point. When you reach a certain level of success, you can become the Kendricks and Coles right. of the world. But starting out, you definitely can't. But I would say there's probably a line that a lot of people today are crossing where it's like, you don't have to go that far. Like the Ari Lennox. Dad 4000. <laughs> yeah. the He's Ari Lennox too shit, much. The Ari Lennox shit where she's like freaking out because some internet troll called her a pit bull, said that she looked like a pit bull. It's like, it's rude. <laughs> well, I feel like that's the first time you heard that. I didn't hear that. Yeah, some internet dude called her, said that she looked like a pit bull, and she freaked out. Really? And she went off, and she was like, yo, how come we're the only culture that we would call black women? Like, we'd uh, attribute their looks to those of an animal or something like that, which I disagree with. I think... I think that you can go into most cultures and the niggas that say something foul about their, the women in their culture. I'm just really like remembering like when Post Malone got called a personified cigarette butt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I think everyone gets called some foul shit. Yeah, though. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I get it. I understand that it's very difficult being a woman in the limelight and your looks mean so much in this industry. So right. I, I get it. But at the same time, when you let some internet dude, like, think about how many times, how many internet trolls probably coming for dudes like Rick Ross, coming for dudes like French Montana. French Montana, who's somebody who personifies himself as the coolest dude in the room. And, you know, sometimes he don't do cool shit. Like, yeah. sometimes he does dumb shit. I'm sure internet trolls have a field day with him. And you, you just can't respond. You have to be bigger than that. Niggas in real life laughing laugh and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> real rap. You come on this podcast damn near week in, week out and laugh and laugh. Yeah. So. It is what it is. I mean, I think yeah, you just have to have Everyone is skin. a critic, yo. Yeah. yeah. But it's harder. I think it's harder for women because so much of, like... The criticism is about, is their, about looks. their looks. Yeah. yeah. Even I mean, with Summer Walker, my whole my whole reason why I was so intrigued was because, like, yo, you have, like, this amazing physical appearance, right? Like, clearly super attractive. Guys are going to want you, but you can't sell it. Like, that. what a what a predicament that you're in that, like, you're just the, the I guess, I guess the worst type of personality in this case that you cannot sell yourself. I think you still sell it by not selling it. Like, nah. you, you sell it by being the girl who's so to herself and so shy but bad as hell, you was the ex-stripper and all this stuff. So it's like, then you yeah, put it on the cover. The like, stripper's really a... Looking at, looking at her cover <laughs> for her last album, like, you can tell that, you can tell she's an attractive girl. Right, but like, there's a difference between her and Scissors. I think Scissors sells that part of like, her being a very attractive girl, but she doesn't really sell it, but people know that she's super attractive. Like I said, I don't really know, I don't know what Summer Walker looks like. Is she much, is she more attractive than Scissor? It's debatable. Scissor's very, I find them both extremely attractive. Okay. So. But, um, I mean, even a person like her who's not even trying to sell their looks, she's catching looks. Like, it's just inevitable people find her attractive as well. I don't know. I think Summer Walker's still trying to sell her looks. I think SZA's definitely trying to sell her looks. So, it's different. I almost just sold some shit, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hold on. Keep going. putting names out there Hold on, chill, chill. They don't even know what I was talking about. It's crazy. That's why I stopped myself. I'm going to pull up a Summer Walker picture. And this might, I would consider this a bad picture, bro. I'd give it to SZA. I mean, <laughs> we don't got to go into this, but. We don't have to, but I'm just saying, like, just off off the picture, you see she has certain assets that is undeniable, <laughs> bro. Sure. She has she has a, a crazy body. like. So, I mean, sex sells. And they're going to sell it. They're trying to, but she is does, does not. But as I said, I think it. you can still sell your looks while still being bashful. And then it's just like, oh, it's cute. It's, nah, this is bashful, but like anxiety is not bashful. Like people are naturally shy. Off- nah, I've seen uh, I've seen um people talking about the fact that nah. she comes off as like just a shy girl. But no, I think you you should watch some interviews and you'll be like, yo, this is crippling. <laughs> this is like <laughs> I've heard that it's cringeworthy hearing. Oh shit, no, you good. I, I've heard that it's cringeworthy hearing her talk sometimes because yes. it seems like she doesn't awkward, want to talk. But outside of that, it seems like it's coming off as more of shy. Oh, I don't know. From what I got, I was like, this is a somebody who is paid to talk to people, an interviewer that is paid to make people feel comfortable. And you know what I'm saying? I understand it's a tough situation, but like it was literally like pulling teeth. Like it looked awful, yo. I'm going to be honest, but hey, it's it is part what of it the is. game though. I mean, there's there's a part of every career path or whatever it is that you're not going to be the strongest at. And if you want to be very successful, whatever level of success, because I can't speak for Summer Walker. I don't know how successful she wants to be or what success means to her. So it's not to say that she has to be a megastar. Like, she doesn't have to be SZA and sell her sex appeal. But 
at the same time, like you have to be good at talking to people. If you're going to be an artist and make it moving forward, you're going to have to promote your albums and shit like that at some point. Talk to somebody. So you might as well just get better at it. Just find your talking points, work on it with your management team or whatever, and just say, look, this is what we're going to stick to. Like, you just get these points out and you're good. Because people, at the end of the know day, no cards would help her, bro. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like, at I'm... the end of the day, if you give the same interview over and over again, niggas just stop asking you to be interviewed. And then they'll just accept the fact that Summer Walker For is who Summer Walker is. Yeah. Like, but Marshawn wasn't shy. Marshawn just really ain't want to be there. There's like, there's a difference. Yeah. But to be honest, I think that that shit will go viral more than anything where it's just like if you keep prying and trying to get a better interview out of her and then she's nah. just like nope see but here's the thing like <laughs> as a person you know what I'm saying who does have some anxiety everyone has anxiety about mm. something right but I've never at once in my life been like the anxiety is like you think people are actually paying attention to you when they're really not giving mm-hmm. a fuck but if imagine if people knew about your anxiety like I'm strictly talking about her anxiety right that cannot be a good feeling you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a difference between bashful and like being literally people are watching your anxiety live and being like, "Ooh, that looks rough." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so that that's what I'm saying is kind of interesting. It's a bro. tough spot for her. I'm sure they'll figure it out though. Yeah, I'm sure those checks will make it easier. You know. But I mean, it's not stopping people from going to her shows. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you have the physical appearance, you have the the talent. We're not people even talking are still about. Up. We didn't even really talk about the fact that she's bad at performances. Is oh, yeah. we were really just talking about the fact that she's shy, but I mean I don't think you being shy stops you from being a good performer. Maybe yeah. it hinders it a little bit, but Bryce for the Chilla's most not part, good performances. I don't think is he shy though. Like is that what is that I the narrative? I don't I don't think he's shy. I think he's just super laid back. So like he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of movement. He's mm-hmm. not not a lot of crowd involvement. He'll literally stand there, single full track, go to the next. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Just from what I've seen, it's not a lot of, like, crowd movement and stuff like that. He's just literally there to get his music out, keep it pushing. Yeah. I mean, But they, he seen... sells that mystique look, like, that, mm. like, oh, everything's dark around me, you mm. know what I'm saying? I got my hat all the way down. You could barely see my face. That's just how he sells it. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's definitely a way to go about it. There's a way that, even if you're not the most energetic person, if you just make it, if you sequence the songs the right way if you make it so that your stage is set up the right way then you being low energy works yeah. like it makes sense it looks right who knows <laughs> who really knows honestly i i i'm over this we've been talking about this for a cool <laughs> little bit uh i'm trying to figure out how we're gonna move into sports here i'm trying to figure out how i'm trying to get structure this you want to start with antonio brown sure man <laughs> Antonio Brown has officially lost his mind. You have yeah. the story. Please do tell. Um, I mean, I don't really have much of the story. I just have what Twitter was running with. I only watched a little bit of the video. Mm. But from what I saw, he was just standing outside of his house, standing at, on his porch, mm. yelling at his baby moms and his kids. Like He he was switching between yelling at his baby moms mm. and saying, like, oh, daddy loves you and all this other shit. It's just like, yo, it's a weird dynamic going CT on there. crazy. Along with... All of the fucking cops, like, there were, like, two or three cop cars, maybe five or six officers. Why were the cops there? I have no idea. I mean, I would assume that his wife called. Oh. But I don't know what exactly led to that point, but I just know that once it got there, like, this isn't, oh, somebody that was around him started taking a video, one of his neighbors started taking a video or something like that. He took a video and put it on his IG Live of what was going on, and the niggas are just reacting like, yo, what are you doing right now? Yeah. And probably the funniest comment I saw through the whole thing was every time I hear Antonio Brown talk, 
I see this clip, and it was the clip of the the time that he got knocked out by the Bengals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, yo, that CTE goes Seriously. crazy. Clearly, I don't know what's going on with him. But you didn't even explain the full story, yo. So why oh. why did they take these kids away? In the... Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know any of no, that so, part of the story. Okay, so all right, just get to the funny part, yo. <laughs> um, I don't I actually don't know if this is true. I just saw uh, I saw parts of it on Twitter. People talking about Antonio Brown threw a bag of dicks in his wife. <laughs> and at first, I was like, what is Antonio Brown doing with a bag of dicks? And then, come to find out, it was a bag of gummy gummy bear dicks that no, he No, those exist. That, the, that was the, a real the, thing. The dick gummies? No, that's real. <laughs> hey. I swear to God, you can go on Amazon and buy a pag of dick gummies. I mean, I don't know why don't Antonio Brown Don't ask me why I know this. Okay? I got There's no, no need. I'm not going to ask. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there was ask. this podcast they were talking about these, these fucking stupid-ass gummies, and they were talking about buying them for each other as presents, and they were asking, would you eat the dick gummies if I bought, you, bought them for you? And they was like, nah, I'd only eat them in my own privacy. I wouldn't do it on air type what shit. What you mean? I think in the privacy of my own home, I'm not buying the fucking gummies shaped like dicks and eating them. No, no, but no. But no. if we on camera and it's for a moment, it's funny, then I'd, I'd eat it. But... Pause. Pause. <laughs> but the thing is, is like that's they're afraid of eating the dick gummies on live air. Nah, that's just funny though. But the thing is, if someone bought you, it's still candy. It's regular candy gummies. Yeah, but I mean, so no one how, knows you're eating the dick gummies. How much does fucking gummy bears cost though? Like at the end of the day, I don't care enough to eat gummy bear shaped like like it just feels weird. It right. feels uncomfortable. Right, right, right. I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know the size of the gummy itself. Like, even I've if you gave me a I'm bag sure of like vagina small. gummies, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable eating that. It'd just be weird. Yeah, but I'm sure you'd have no problem eating them at your own at your own time. Yeah. No, I would do it on air because it's funny, but I would not do what it. What if there was five gummies, though? Nah, man. If you're talking about some gourmet gummies, uh, it's what either if was, I get What these? if it's regular Sour Patch gummies? You would eat Sour Patch, no problem. So you're telling me if they was penis-shaped, in your own comfort, nobody saw you eating them. You wouldn't eat the gummies. Hey, man. I'm willing to accept the fact that this is some toxic masculinity coming out. And this is why I made people not be elected. Yo, you see this shit? You see this? My pride would not allow me to do... And just sitting at home, reaching into a bag of dicks, I, I just don't know if I could do that. Listen... I, going home and reaching into a bag of vaginas, it just wouldn't feel right. But it's just candy. It's just gummies, bro. I don't know, man. It's just, just gummies. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I don't know, man. Candy is candy, bro. Not, clearly, I know to give them to you. Nah, don't buy me no dick gummies. <laughs> I'm not saying it's preferred, but if you if you made a joke or on Christmas, I open a bag, and it's fucking gummies, but they're, you know what I'm saying, the dick gummies. Mm. One, that's hilarious. Sure. That would be a funny moment. And you know what I'm saying? Okay, if anyone had a problem, if anyone right now is thinking that they have a problem eating those gummies... You, I have real questions for you, bro. Look, I'm just saying. It's it, fucking candy. It just seems a little strange to sit by yourself. Like, if there were people around. And not, I'm it's not a, a dildo-sized <laughs> piece of candy, yo. I, you I'm, don't have to continually eat the gummy. It's, it's small little candies. I'm just saying, I think that oh, if it was in the comfort of my own home by myself, oh, nobody wow. around, I probably would not eat them. But if it was around other people and then people knew of the joke, where it's like, oh, somebody got me a bag What's of dick difference? gummy bears. Then it's like, yo, I'm eating them. I don't give a fuck. I would eat them in both situations. Oh, Pause. Hey, that's you. Y'all yeah, look crazy. It's fucking <laughs> candy. Hey. So you would eat it on camera for the entire world to see. I stand my ground. But then in your own comfort, your moment. Home. It's funny. But I'm not laughing at myself Y'all at home. Y'all niggas is weird, bro. Babe, I don't care. I don't know what to tell you, man. I stand my ground. This is where I stand. Where, um, where were we going with this, though? 
Um, yeah. So he threw a bag of dicks at his, at his baby oh, mom yeah, across of dicks. the street. So, I, uh, again, I can't confirm that that actually happened. I'm, it sounds like something now, Antonio Brown would do. A bag of dicks. This is this is this is clearly an uh, older person's gift. This is something you give to somebody of age. You don't give a bag of dicks to a, a mother of three. Got two kids just by him, and you got your children eating the dick gummies. That's kind of crazy to me, dog. It it definitely sounds weird when you think about the fact that his kids were there. Like, why are you throwing a bag of dicks with your kids literally watching you See, in the street? When Corey first told me, I thought it was a legit bag of dildo dicks. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought too. I so, even saw the bag, and it like, of course, they took the picture close, so it looked like a regular size. But nah, it was just be, gummies. That would be kind of crazy. <laughs> if it's full size, ain't no chance of eating that shit, bro. I'm sorry. Ain't no chance. But if we talk about small gummies, that's a different situation. Full size, kind of crazy. But my thing is, is like, when I heard that, I was like, yo, she cheated. And I couldn't disprove that. When you told me that, I was like, I didn't oh, even I watch know. the video and I knew it. I just went and did some research and then come to find out. It had nothing to do with it's it. It's just CT. Yeah. You know, the nigga's just gone crazy, and there's really not much we can do. And I've seen plenty of tweets also saying, I'm 99.9% sure Antonio Brown will never play football again. <laughs> I think that yeah. that's like the final straw. I've never seen a man fumble a bag quite like Antonio yeah. Brown. I mean, we have people that literally beat their wives in yeah. the NFL. We've said it three weeks in a row now. But I think that to show no remorse with your kids in the street, cops what's, in front of you. What's the remorse? What is unremorseful about his particular situation about I think it's just a it's like watching Alzheimer's on set in no person it's like it's just gotten progressively worse for him I guess not remorse I think just having no restraint to say oh my kids are here this is the cops in front of me I'm trying to play football again like all these things going on and he still did all that that from the NFL standpoint these niggas be beating they wise but I'm saying from the NFL standpoint it's like yo we really can't have that let's not we're not going Antonio Brown what he's doing is still not as bad as people it's not as bad but niggas beat their wives they apologize in front of their children they apologize they they clean it up for the PR and whatnot. in this moment it looks very bad on Antonio Brown like he looks like a bad father he looks like a bad husband he just looks like an overall shitty person now, you can say people beating their wives, they look like shitty people too. But when they come out and apologize, some people forgive them. Right. People aren't going to forgive this shit because Antonio Brown's not apologizing. Yeah. But maybe he feels he has nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I mean, sure. Then people don't what, have to forgive what, what apology would you want from Antonio Brown right now? Like a sorry I've been acting crazy type of thing? Uh, sorry I've been acting crazy and maybe an explanation as to why you threw a bag of dicks at your wife and kids. It's not my business. It's not my business, but if I was... A GM, or if I was the NFL commissioner, to let him back in the league, I need an answer. Can you still run this slant route? Nah, man, I need an answer, bro. Uh, can you run this? Can you run he's this? This seven-step post. He's too much. <laughs> he's too much of a circus at this point. You can't justify bringing bro, him on a team. No, honestly, I would. I would tell him you would have to be evaluated by a, a psychiatrist. Is that the right person? Yeah, psychiatrist. Talk to one. See what's going on. Are we good? If you're there mentally. You don't have to explain to me everything else that's been going on outside. He needs a brain scan. Like, niggas are talking about CTE. You can't, you can't get C. I mean, you can't check for CTE until you're dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's no way at all? I mean... I thought that they had some sort of way that they could check somewhat. I, I don't think so. No. I, I thought it was only like a... Uh, like, I thought that it was more of you couldn't see the extent until, like, you really open somebody's up, somebody up and see what yeah. their brain looked like. But I thought that they can see, like, signs of it. Kind of like you can see... Uh-oh. 
signs of other brain damage. I had no idea. Uh, I'm just uh, saying, I don't know if that would be good for press if it came out. He had CTE already. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be good. Because then the you, can excuse, you can excuse everything that's been going on. Basically, that I mean, not saying they do this with Aaron Hernandez, but when it came out that he did have CTE, mm-hmm. there was definitely like a, oh, well, you know, right, he, he no has sense. CTE, you know. But like, Antonio Brown's particular case, I think they need to catch before. I knew there was an issue as soon as he, he did the mustache shit. <laughs> well, it's not the real shit. When he did the mustache and, and um, blonded his mustache, yeah. I was like, "Yo, something's not right. He's gone crazy." I mean, I think that that's always been his personality. He's always had a chip on his shoulder, and he's always done things the way that he wants to. You look at his hairstyles. You look at just the way that he acts, dancing, and everything. Like right. he's always just like being the center of attention. He's he, he's that type of person. So the blonde mustache didn't really shock me. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we should have known after he ran over that punter, bro. He drop kicked the punter <laughs> and then returned the kick, yeah. I guess yeah, we really man. like that was just such a bad decision, yeah. Yeah, but you know, hopefully <sighs> things turn around for Antonio Brown. I don't think he's gonna play in the league again, but as long as he can move forward and like get on with his life, it seems like him not playing football has really like thrown his life into some turmoil. So maybe just he has to come to acceptance of the fact that one, he's probably not playing football again, and he needs to move on to find other things so that. Did you that see, did you see his rap track. video? No, nah, I didn't. I don't want to see it. I'm good. Yeah, I don't think he should step into that lane. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely just good saying, on that. I don't think he should step into that lane. Yeah. Um, moving forward, let's talk no about... No man. <laughs> nah, real shit. It was, it was awful. Um, let's talk about the playoffs in the NFL right now. Uh, specifically, these black quarterbacks. Depressing. Sue me, I'm rooting for everyone that's black. Shouts out to Wale. At this point, it's they only half. They dropped that classic video. What do you mean only half? There's yeah. only one. Yeah, there's only one, but he's half black. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, There was four black quarterbacks in the playoffs. There were four? There was four. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, and... Damn. Dak... Nah, no. he didn't make it. Uh. There's four prominent black quarterbacks. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Back. I'm tripping. Huh? No. Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and who else? Damn, we just said the name. No, and Russell Wilson. Yeah. Oh, and Russell Wilson. So there was four. Never yeah. mind. Dak Prescott's on the outside looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they dropped this dope video, Wale song in the background. <laughs> All four black quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Destined for greatness. Well. Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league, 14-2 record. He still did that. He still did it. There's only one black quarterback left. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah. And it leads me back. Y'all know how I've been feeling about black quarterbacks. It's not an issue with black quarterbacks. It's an issue with play style. It is proven that it doesn't win. I think that... How come there are no... You're telling me there's not one black pocket passer that exists that is good enough to play in the NFL? That, I think that there are. I think that Just, we've had stereotyped out here. I think we have had pocket passers. Like Donovan McNabb was a pocket passer. He was just mobile enough to get outside. There's never been name one black. Dante Culpepper was also a pocket passer. No, he's he just, could run. He could. He was run. like Ben Roethlisberger. But on Aaron steroids, Rodgers, yeah. Aaron Rodgers can run. No, no, but he's no, a no, pocket no, no, passer. No. Them niggas could run. <laughs> I mean, they sure, could run. Aaron Rodgers can run after people are so worried about what he's doing with the football in his hand. Yeah, he can. He can scramble. He could do something. He could shimmy a little bit. The four quarterbacks we just named, except Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, they are all in the league because of their legs. I think Russell Wilson is the only one that's, like, really close. Like, he can throw the ball well enough. And I'd say that it's probably even as far as his running and his um, passing ability. Excuse me. Russell Wilson is not even the most gifted athletically in terms of some of these other guys. He's shorter. 
know what I'm saying? He's not as fast as these other guys. Russell Wilson has proven himself to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lamar he Jackson, almost pulled it off. He almost won that game. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson are in the league because they can throw the ball well enough. Deshaun Watson's a little bit better at throwing the ball. Yes, though. but their well, legs... No, he's a lot better than throw, throwing the ball. If they were pocket passers, would they be playing quarterback? Yes. I think Deshaun Watson could. <laughs> I think Deshaun Watson can throw the ball well enough. Like, are you telling me that Jameis Winston can throw the ball better than Deshaun Watson by a long shot? No. You're yeah, wrong. No. You're wrong. <laughs> no, I think he can. No. I think Jameis Winston is in the league right now because of his talent of his of his arm. Yeah. He is a quarterback. I think quarterback. Deshaun Watson is Deshaun still Watson a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a better football player than him. But he, I don't think straight up arm talent. He is not more gifted than James Winston is. James Winston may have poor decision making. <laughs> James Winston may have a ton of other things. But James Winston did his fucking thing this season. Outside of them thirty interceptions, said I think that you could. <laughs> he went thirty for thirty, but he had like five thousand plus yards, bro. I think that when you look at Deshaun Watson's game, the way that they play, the way that he's coached, he's not coached so much as a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can make plays with his legs at no, times. They're doing more the right like, thing with him. More like Aaron Rodgers where it's pass first, and if the play breaks down, Deshaun Watson can do something insane, like that play where he got tackled by two two defenders, got back up, spun around, and then made a play. Incredible play. Yeah. I pray but for that black man. He can only make that play because he can throw the ball so well. Like, he's not going to be able to make that play. He's not going to run for a touchdown in that situation. Like, he has to throw the ball. I'm just saying. I've seen Deshaun Watson take some shots. He has. They, he also had a, he had a bad offensive line. ACL. And that's another problem with guys who could throw the football. Kyler Murray, um, not Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, their game is they have the but best he's offensive not, line. He's not a, he's not exactly mobile. Russell either. Wilson, Deshaun never, Watson, never have good offensive lines. Their offensive lines are terrible. All right, Jeff Bezos dropped me off a package, man. You know what I'm saying to get the new tablecloth for the podcast. So I feel like it's okay. <laughs> um, I was saying that. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that black quarterbacks are stigmatized to play a specific way in the league, bro. That's and a fact. I don't like it. I want to see more black pocket passes. The more, if I see three black pocket passes in the NFL, I will let go of my disdain for seeing black <laughs> quarterbacks because it's not a. I don't like watching them play. I don't like watching them play the way they play and getting hurt. Um, I don't know if you saw the video or like the conversation that they had with like all the older black quarterbacks. Yeah. When they all had to sit down, but um, I think it was Randall Cunningham who he was sitting there. He was like, "Yeah, when I was running my forty, I actually slowed down because I didn't want people to have that assumption of me that like I was faster than everybody else because they would always make me run." Yeah. So to keep himself in the conversation as a quarterback, or he said like, if anything, they would try to make me play wide receiver or something like that. So to make himself a quarterback, he had to slow himself down because right. people already have this preconceived idea with black black quarterbacks that you're run first. Exactly. And I mean, even when Jameis Winston was coming into the league, he was mobile. Like FSU. people looked at him as mobile, but then now you look at him as like you're not fast. No. Like he's not. He, Aaron Rodgers is probably a faster running quarterback than Jameis right. Winston. And we don't look at we don't look at Aaron Rodgers that way, but we look at Jameis Winston as kind of mobile. Just well, we need off to of chalk it up to sometimes melanin. is 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 that these guys are one they're young, so yeah. they 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 try shit. I think Jameis Winston at FSU he was just trying some shit. When he hurdled that person, he lost his he's lost his mind. Yeah, yeah. he should have never did that. It just worked. And I mean, we see it with Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones is mobile. Like that was the biggest part of his game that gave him a boost over Eli Manning. It's the fact that when a play breaks down, the offensive line fails you, can you run to make a play? Right. Yes, like 
Eli Manning could throw the ball. Daniel Jones could probably throw the ball a little bit farther than Eli Manning today. 100%. But if you're talking about what kind of plays you're going to get from Daniel Jones, it's those breakdowns where he's just going to roll out and he can beat a defensive lineman or a linebacker to a first down. He's not running to a, for a touchdown on most situations. Never. But he's fast enough to get a first down or get a couple yards when a play breaks down. Yeah. But you never see it stigmatized as Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback. No, he's, he's a quarterback. A, you always look at him as a Carson pocket Wentz passer. Carson was a mobile-ish quarterback, but they just call him a quarterback. Exactly. So Black quarterback. It's dual, wrong. It's a dual threat. Yeah. No. I, it's wrong. That's what I'm saying. And, and I feel like just because of that, they scheme around it and they don't let these... Like, I'm afraid Lamar Jackson's arm may never develop into the quarterback. Because just as a, as a passer, yo... I don't think he's as gifted. He has a great deep ball. He has an arm, but as a quarterback, I don't think he's he as good. He doesn't have as... a great deep ball. He doesn't. Look, it hurts me to say because I never I didn't really watch any Lamar Jackson football throughout the whole season. So I didn't know what his arm looked like. I just saw some highlights of him spinning people out and whatnot. I saw a couple of plays with his arm, but it's usually within like five to ten yards. When it goes to fifteen plus that ball, it loses a lot of zip on it. I was watching this that nigga game. Said zip. Not nah, for Lord real. have mercy. I, I was watching that game and I was like, every time he threw the ball over maybe 15 yards, you just see the DBs have too much time and they recover. Whatever route the receiver's running, the DBs can recover. They get in, they break it up. It's almost like, oh, is it going to be a pick or it's going to be a breakup? Because the ball just doesn't get there fast enough. Oh. So I, I, I don't even, think he has the arm. I didn't even see all that, bro. I'll be honest. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I just want to see better from from our from our quarterbacks, our black quarterbacks. I want to see them be great passing. That leads us to Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes, while he is half, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> I don't like to get into identity politics. If he considers himself a black man, he's a black man. I mean, he is. It is what it is. He is a black man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Barack Obama was black. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying we can't. We can't pick and choose who exactly. our blacks are. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying when we and have an it, ally, it's an ally. It really goes off Except of how light skin you are. <laughs> Drake was in blackface. That's where you draw the line. Drake was in blackface. That's disrespectful. Sure. But Pat Mahomes, black man, pocket passer, one of the most gifted passes you ever seen in your life. He's he's the one person that breaks that mold of, even though he can roll out, even though he can make plays with his legs, they don't look at him as a no. mobile quarterback just because he's so goddamn talented throwing the ball. Like, we're talking about probably it's Aaron Rodgers and him currently in the league. That's like, they're leaps and bounds ahead of, ahead of everybody else when it comes yeah. to throwing the ball. Yeah, probably. So, that, like, like, you can look at any other quarterback in the league. Drew Brees, he's not in that tier with them. Oh. Like, <laughs> Russell Wilson, not in that tier with them. All the, all the guys that you think of as elite quarterbacks. You know Russell Wilson was hooping this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> all those guys that you think of as elite quarterbacks. Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to playmaking, just they're in the league of their Doing something that nobody else can is just them too. Even yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady can't make the plays that those dudes make. No, they're just more talented than everybody yeah. else. You could clearly see it. Intelligence wise, maybe like you can see Tom Brady pick apart a defense better than they can. Right. But when it comes to oh shit hit the fan, you can roll out and make a play sixty yards down the field. It's just them. It's just them. Hundred percent. But I mean, you could say the same for. These other black quarterbacks, like Russell Wilson, like when shit hits the fan, he's making a play. When Lamar Jackson, well, even though it didn't work out too well. Yeah, but I don't see him making a deep bomb play. I'm just, well, He can at times. But, like, if Pat Mahomes throws a ball up in the air, it could be two, three people converging on the ball. But I believe that he'll put it in the right place where the receiver can get it on. At the same time, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, 
can run the first 10 yards. Okay, let's say it's third and 15. Mm-hmm. You got if you break out of the pocket, you got about ten yards before defenders are like, we got linebackers are coming to knock your ass out. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, um, which we call it Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, when they have the ball in their hands, they can make you have play. a chance yeah. to get that first down. Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes are probably sliding. Yeah, I mean those guys, you're really like Daniel Jones. You're good for a third and five, yeah. third and seven. Those are the right times. Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, third and 15, maybe. But when you're talking about, like, third and 25, Lamar Jackson can go make a play. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just a little bit different. But what would you – I would prefer my quarterback can throw it 25 yards and make a play. Then. I mean, I'd prefer that my quarterback can throw the ball in general so then he's never in those third and 25 situations. Chill out, man. It's not but like that, bro. It kind of is, though, because that's how you saw the Titans beat them. The Titans shouldn't be shouldn't have been able to hang with the ball. They have a Ravens. vegan defense. <laughs> So you look at that defense, why were they able to stop them? They had good DBs, and they just loaded up the box. And they said, if you're going to run, you can get 10 yards, but you're not getting 25. You're not getting a touchdown. Like, we're going to converge. We're going to stop you from getting those big plays. And we're going to force you to throw the ball with DBs that are actually going to be able to cover your receivers. There's not going to be a breakdown. Like, everybody, everything was locked down. If you're going to beat us, then you're going to have to beat us and dink and dunk, like, every single play. It didn't work. He couldn't beat it. I mean, that's how Dak Prescott's been winning football games. Yeah. Dink and dunk, hand the ball to his. I mean, I don't know. Who knows, man? I this... mean, I, I'm not going to say, like, I would still take Lamar Jackson over Dak Prescott. But with that game plan, with that game plan, Dak Prescott could win that game for them. With that game plan, Dak Prescott can throw the ball well enough to win that game for them. This is the second bad take you had. <laughs> You're telling me that Dak Prescott couldn't make some of those plays? No. Ryan Tannehill is out there making plays. You don't think Dak yeah. Prescott's better than Ryan Tannehill? Ain't make no plays. Ryan <laughs> Tannehill caught a couple broken coverages. Let's not overdo it. Ryan Tannehill, he made some good. He recognized there was some mistakes the defensive made. That's all you need. Nah, nah. There's a difference. <laughs> no, there was it was clear breakdowns. Ryan Tannehill was capitalizing on. I guarantee. And Derrick the, Henry threw a touchdown too. I so we're not even gonna give him props for that. I guarantee if you flip the script and you say. Ryan Tannehill is a starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. They would not play them that way. Now, obviously, you play them that way because they Lamar Jackson. They wouldn't be Jackson. in the playoffs. Sure. I'm just, I'm just saying for that game plan, you could have a guy like Ryan Tannehill or Dak Prescott, and if you're going to try and stop an offense that way, they can break that down. And that's where Lamar Jackson fails you. I guess. But, I mean, like, if you stick to your own game plan – you know what I'm saying? Lamar Jackson gives you a far better chance to win than Ryan Tannehill. Sure. They went 14 and 2. I'm not disagreeing with that. But then when niggas game plan specifically to stop what you're good right. at, Listen, if you don't have any any other way to go about it, it's not going to work. Who Drew Brees lost to? Who did they lose to? Was it the Titans? They too? lost to the Titans, I think. It happens, bro. Drew Brees played a terrible game, though. I'm just saying, maybe this vegan defense is better than we thought. I don't want to believe it, but maybe it's true. I, I can't believe it. Um, moving forward, and this is the final topic of today. We have college football playoffs. Uh, Clemson lost. They did. LSU won. Joey Burrows, he set this single single championship. Season. What? I don't know about the championship, but I know that he set the single season record for touchdowns in college football. Single season record for touchdowns. And I think it was he broke it like, handedly. Like, yeah. I think in the second quarter or maybe third quarter, he tied it. Yeah. And then he went on to score like two or three more touchdowns. Yeah. He he had sixty touchdowns this past season. Remember they Yeah, only the played, record was fifty eight. They only played fourteen games or yeah. fifteen games total. 
And college but, football's a little different, so. It know. is. There's more breakdowns and all that good stuff. You play bad, more like fast super pace. bad teams. 60 touchdowns. Yeah, and he lot. only threw six interceptions or five interceptions. Can't remember which one. I mean, regardless, it it's impressive considering. Like, he's playing at LSU. Yeah. Like, it's not Bama, but, <laughs> it, like, he's playing at LSU and he's playing good competition. Right. And threw 60 touchdowns. Obviously, if the record was 58, it's not exactly easy to throw that many touchdowns. Was Joey Burrows playing UCF when we played him that one year? Um, I think so. We lost to a professional number one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even impressed, bro. Nope, I'm not, not even impressed. Um, but, you know, all that happened, but that led me to think college football is better than the NFL playoffs. The no. college football championship has been better than the NFL playoffs due to the no injuries. These kids are young. They get them while they're young. They're fresh. They're making all types of ridiculously stupid plays, and they just bounce back up, and nothing is happening. Whereas in the NFL, these guys are 30. They get hit. They go down. They have a lacerated kidney, and it's like you're watching this 30-year-old man with a lacerated kidney run a slant route to get hit again and again and again. Yeah. And that shit is terrible to watch. I I just don't see why hold a guy like Derrick Henry in college football. Like, when he was in college, when he first got into college, people looked at him like, yo, he's a man-child. So if he's a man-child in college his freshman year, then letting him sit there and become even more of a man-child throughout three whatever years you have to be in college, it's not doing nothing for him. He's already leaps and bounds ahead of people as far as athleticism, as far as physicality. So, yeah, you can learn systems and whatnot, but for the most part in college, the systems are so different, it doesn't necessarily prepare you for what NFL football is going to be like. Because you're not going to be running inside zone the entire fucking Exactly. Game. So, you know, I, I don't, I just don't see the argument anymore. Like, I, I can't imagine that college football will continue the way that it is. Like, there's definitely going to be some restructuring on how people can Absolutely. get out. But in terms of just watching the game, Joey Burrows threw for, what, 42 points? It was, a just fun, it was a fun game to watch. You watch these, these kids do their thing, and you move the fuck on. Meanwhile, you watch... Ryan Tannehill beat Drew Brees. <laughs> and, and and you watch these defenses just dominate. Like, who wants to watch Derrick Henry touch the ball 30 times? It's I not fun football. Like I'm not going to lie. As I was watching that college football championship, yeah. I got bored. I It was entertaining to a certain point, but then once well, the game... I mean, Joey Burrow started dominating. <laughs> like, when you see so many touchdowns thrown over and over again, unless there's somebody fighting back and it's like it's going back and forth, it gets boring. You don't want to see six touchdowns unanswered. I mean, niggas ain't say that about the Warriors when they was out here. I hated the Warriors. Did you? Yes. Me too. Exactly. So, I mean, if you like competition, if you like seeing people play at the highest level, then obviously the NFL is It's obviously better competition. But in terms of like, yo, I can't stand watching these guys get hurt in in the pros. It sucks watching these kids get hurt in college football because they're not getting paid. But in the pros, I feel like the injuries are worse. Yeah. The game is just more brutal there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course, there's these college kids. Some of them really don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They really know it's their four years. They're going to make the best out of it. Cool, right? But I just don't see as many crazy injuries. There's less games. I feel like the NFL needs to restructure, bro. Everybody needs to restructure. Everyone needs to restructure, man. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that college football, the playoffs was kind of boring. It's not exciting to me, especially from the standpoint of we always see pretty much the same teams over and over again. Yeah. Um. There's really no way if you can be a really good team that's kind of on the outside looking in and you'll never get to that playoff spot. Right. And every year you start over. So, like, if you deserve to be in that playoff spot, 
uh, the year before, the next year, you're not guaranteed to play as well because right. then you lose seniors, you lose players that might have a huge impact. Whereas if you're in the NFL, like a team like the Seahawks, when they went down and they feel like they should have won, they get the opportunity to come back with pretty much the same team. The only thing that's holding them back is how well they pay their players, like how they structure the contracts. But in college football, it's like you can't ask people to re- yeah. well to come back to college when they could be making money in the NFL <laughs> Very all true. because of a championship. Very true. So that kind of ruins the fun for me because you just see guys that maybe they got screwed. Like the number five seed, maybe they would have played a little bit better in the college football playoffs, but they got screwed out of that fourth spot. Well, I've been said that they should just do adopt the um the tournament style that NBA has. I mean, uh, the NCAA basketball has because you literally get the worst of the worst. That's a lot the, of teams, though. It is and a lot of football. But you tell me any given any given Saturday would be crazy. One yeah. game, just trying to just keep making it. Maybe you, maybe you do thirty-two. Maybe you do sixteen. Whatever it is, but like I think the top twenty-five, this has to be something to that. Like you have to give them an opportunity to 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 play. You know what I'm saying? I, I just that's just me. I don't know. But. Who knows, man? Um, we said we were gonna give you guys an hour. We're at an hour and a half. Yeah. So. Wow. It is what it is. Uh, this has been episode four of season two of the New School Podcast. We're your hosts, and we out. Peace.